Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, it's the second of the musicals that you at home chose for us to watch. We are watching Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Joining me as always, we have someone who has seen the film before and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, welcome back to the program, Mr. Dean Lovett. Hello. Or should I say... um, Comedy Award winning, Dean Lovett. Sure. Oh, D- Dean, it's a pleasure to have you back. But Thank since you. you were last on this program, yes. uh, you and uh, your your show, Bogan Shakespeare, yes. uh, won, won a very special award. Yes, we did. Uh, would you like to go into detail about it? No. Nah. You sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Okay, well, I'll let the folks at home, home know that it won the Comedy Award. The big overall Comedy Award. I'm looking at the award right now. Yeah, it's over there. It's big, it's pink, it's impressive. Uh, it's And yeah, it's the big Comedy Award. Congratulations. Thank you. We uh, were delighted. Yes, and uh, congratulations also to Dr. Sarah, who was... Yes. Uh, in that show as Dr. well. Dr. Sarah Kutis. Dr. Sarah Kutis, who yes. was uh, a very fun part of that show. Okay, now, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. What? What do you know about it? Nothing. Nothing? <laughs> Literally nothing. Nothing? When you messaged me, I looked up a trailer and I went, all right. <laughs> I just asked you guys off, off mic. I was like, is this a musical? And you both went, yep. And I went, okay. <laughs> I know zero about this. I've seen the trailer. Looks interesting. Sounds like it looks like there's some interesting subject matter. It looks grainy. <laughs> <laughs> it's grainy. Obviously, it's been filmed on film, I'm assuming. Mm. Yeah. Uh, there's a character called Hedwig, mm-hmm. and they have an angry inch. They absolutely do. Not an angry mile. That's more or less it. Not an angry centimeter. An angry inch. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you like musicals in general? Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm um sucker for them, really. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Uh, oh, oh. Probably Lame is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But. Strong choice. Mm. There's some really good stuff out yeah. there. I'm a sucker for like, I don't know. I'm one of those people who's like, oh, this is dumb. This is so saccharine. And then, you know, um, uh, uh, like Hercules starts singing like, um, what is it? I can uh, go the distance. I, somewhere I belong. Oh, that one, yeah. I will find my way. I can go the distance, yeah. yeah. I can go the distance. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, you will. <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs> Excellent. Well, this film is nothing like that. So All right. I, well, we'll die. <laughs> You don't, and maybe it is. <laughs> maybe a Hydra shows up. We'll, we'll see. Uh, luckily, we have someone who has seen the film and uh, joining us for a second trip to Musical Town because hey. she loves it so much. Hey. Uh, welcome back, Dr. Ellen Sears. Hi, Stephen. Uh, Dr. Ellen, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. Excellent. And uh, last week, you had not seen the musical. No, you I had, had no not idea. seen the musical. This week, you have seen it. This week, I have seen so, the musical. So, uh, in a vague, non spoilery sort of way, what is Hedwig and the Angry Inch about? Um, yep. It's it's probably a bit harder to put this one in a box than the apple because at least the apple was like, yeah, it's like 1984 meets um, the Bible mm-hmm. meets glam rock. This is... Uh, it's a rock musical. Uh, it does indeed have somebody called Hedwig in it and they do have an Angry Inch. Um... I first saw this in high school and sort of went like, this is really different and interesting. And then I got to see it on Broadway a couple of years ago, the revival with so is this a, Michael C. Hall. Is this a film based on a This is a film based on a musical? stage musical. So it was okay. kind of like a sort of a, uh, from what I understand, I think the original was sort of more of like a, not exactly a cabaret, but leaning more towards that style. It was a very small kind of intimate show. Mm. It was made into the film by the same person who did the original stage show. And then they did a, a, a revival on Broadway um, a couple of years ago that we saw. Neil Patrick Harris was in it mm-hmm. um, as, as Hedwig. And then uh, Michael C. Hall had a mm-hmm. run as the titular character as well. And we saw him doing it. Stephen didn't like it very much because it was very loud. Mm. It was basically like a rock concert, like yeah, levels I, of loudness. I, he I, didn't enjoy it. I do have to defend your delicate sensibilities. I have to come into this being fully Was open. it not couth enough for you? I saw this it's film. Not very couth, I saw this film about ten years ago. Stephen, Stephen is the audience member. Goes, oh my, and then faints. Absolutely. When I saw this film ten years ago, I didn't much care for it. It wasn't. How dare you? Dreadful, but I was like, okay. to be fair, you you had somebody basically sit you down and force you to watch it. True, like, you must they, watch this film, and as though it was the best film ever when it wasn't The Dark Knight. Uh, so what are they talking about? <laughs> Wait, 
You want to stand? You want to stand by the Dark Knight? Uh, ten years ago, I would have. Uh, but we still though? Uh no, obviously. Even not. ten years ago, okay. you've watched a lot of films since. Then, I have Stephen. watched a lot of films. Have you seen then. the new Batman? No. Let's talk about that. I haven't seen it either. So, um, but yeah, we'll um, do that as a review. We can on the play. I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> well, I can put it on for maybe us. Maybe after we, after we've done our homework, maybe we can have dessert. <laughs> maybe we can have Batman as a treat. Uh, yeah, uh, but but the, the musical, I I just. I re- the problem was was I saw it very soon after seeing the Carol King musical. Oh, which, and Beautiful is amazing. Yeah, which is a really We had a triple bill musical. that day, didn't we? Didn't we do Beautiful and then something else? And then Hedwig? And that could Did be, we do three on one day? If that was the case, That's then that could be the problem. Because so did you dislike it because it was bad or did you dislike it because it just wasn't as good as the others? I disliked it because, maybe because it was not as good as the others. It was quite loud. Um, mm. as, as you might expect. You were probably with, tired with and grumpy as well. But, this was like my experience of going and seeing Fun Home. Yeah, realistically, where I was, I, I was tired. Realistically, I was probably a bit grumpy and not in the right mindset for mm-hmm. it. So that's why with this particular film viewing, I'm coming into it with an open mind. Uh, <laughs> and we shall we see. Are. Which is the only way to do <laughs> we'll it, really. We'll see about that. Yeah. The so. Berlin Wall features, if that helps. But I don't really want oh, to say Berlin much. Wall. Yeah, I don't really want to say much more about it though because Sick. I kind of want to watch you <laughs> discover this film. I did not expect the Berlin Wall to feature. The Berlin Wall does feature. Yeah, it's it's quite prominent. It's got a tap routine. <laughs> yeah. Is this no. <laughs> pre or post? Uh, <laughs> is this about to become really all right? There's only one way to find out, and that's to watch the film. So, shall we watch Hedwig and the Angry Inn? No. I have a final question. We're going to watch The Batman, what do you and then we're going to come back after this, I have, I have a and we're final going to question, talk about though. The no, Batman, no, no, no. but we're going to pretend that we watch Hedwig, <laughs> and we're going to confuse everyone. Okay. I, I would like to know what your theory is, Dean, for what The Angry Inch is. The Angry Inch... Okay, look, I'll be honest. Uh, I watched the trailer. Yeah, okay. Um, and uh, obviously it's about a, a cabaret performer, as far as I can tell. This is why I'm wondering where the Berlin Wall comes in. Um, now I'm thinking The Angry Inch might be some sort of Berlin Wall reference, um, my first thought as a, uh, uh, it seems like the cabaret performer in drag, mm. although looking at the trailer, there seems to be some issue with, uh, identity, mm-hmm. uh, around, you know, uh, their, I guess their pronouns for, you know, easier, they're unsure of their kind of gender, uh, uh, in a way, this is what the trailer implied. So anyway, uh, uh to simplify and to vulgarize, uh, I think the inch is a penis. I think okay. Angry Inch is probably a uh, penis, right? It's a penis. Well, it's the main character. I guess you're going to find out. We'll, we'll just have to watch and find out. For those I mean, of- it's not enough. It's, it's not a hell of a lot, but I'd be angry too if it was just an inch. I mean, mm. zing. <laughs> See what I did there? And, and that's why The Fringe gave you that comedy award. Yes. Oh, God, no. Don't tell them what I did. <laughs> okay, well, for everyone listening at home, pop in those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and put on some makeup, turn on the tape deck, and put the wig back on your head as we watch Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Dick. Inch. <laughs> Which is a dick. <laughs> I knew it! Welcome back, everybody. We've just finished watching Hedwig and the Angry Inch, and I'm joined once again by uh, Doctor in Musical Theatre, Ellen Sears. Hello, Stephen. And uh, Music Theatre Enthusiast, Dean Lovett. <laughs> G'day. Uh, Dean, that was your first time watching Hedwig. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> I don't care for it. <laughs> no? No. <laughs> just, that's... I, it's I, not your cup of tea. I thought, like, on a lot of technical levels, it was all right. Like, like it, uh, you know, the, uh, we, we talked about the sets were quite nice. It was filmed all right. I just like, and I, I'm willing to like, I, if if you if someone who really likes this film or musical came up to me and said you just didn't get it, mm. I would go, that's fair, because yeah. I just I didn't get what it was trying to do or say or be. Mm. I don't think it had a plot, other than here's a character with a very interesting life, mm. and then ma- one major plot point that was the entirety of the present day events i mean to be fair spartacus is basically the same thing he's someone who had an interesting life um yeah but there was events and a timeline and we followed through like it was like here's a here's a very interesting individual let's see some of the points of their childhood 
and also this thing happened recently and that's all that was it mm. like i could summarize the entire film in seconds and i you wouldn't have missed much other than the the performances and the character study and the emotions and all that which is important but like yeah so for you, for you it was longer than it was interesting I just thought there wasn't any... from Stephen. I, look, I, I, again, I get, if you're out there and you like this, hmm. just say he didn't get it. And I'll be like, okay, because I don't want to hmm. upset anyone who did particularly like this. Because it's not bad. Hmm. I just, like, so the word I kept thinking of is self-indulgent. Hmm. It just came across to me as, uh, as someone who works in the arts, mm-hmm. there is a tendency for projects to get made because they have something to say, mm. you know, in quotes. Yeah. Because they're meaningful and, yeah. and they're timely and relevant. This is a story that needs to be told now. And you go and you watch it and you think, what did that do? Mm. It just feels like the people behind this got more out of doing it than I think people maybe got out of watching it. It's interesting. Ellen, you, you when, <laughs> when did you last see this film? Just I worry I'm sounding too harsh. No, no, no. Um, it wasn't bad. No, no, no. Um, I think I probably watched it... It was probably about 10 years ago when you watched it for the mm. first time, realistically. Yeah. And prior to that, I would have watched it probably about five years or eight years before that because I would have watched this in high school. Mm. Um, I, 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 I'm pretty sure. It was like a sure. good one to do an essay on in high school. No, no, I didn't watch it at school. I watched okay. this with my girlfriends because... Weird choice, but all right. N- no, okay, no, because we did a double bill once of Moulin Rouge and Velvet Goldmine because there were boys in leather pants making out with each other in it. So that should give you sure. an idea about the kind of things that my friends like to watch at sleepovers. I could see why this <laughs> film would become a cult film. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because it is very oh, yeah. different and mm. it, it makes some bold choices. Yeah. yeah. And also, so this came out in 2001. So mm-hmm. I was in my first year of high school and I would have seen this probably when I was about, I guess, probably 15 or 16, maybe 17 at a mm-hmm. pinch, like sort of like right towards the end of high school. Yeah. And like this was the kind of stuff that the girls that I, went, that I was friends with in high school were like, yes. Let's watch this. Sure. There are hot dudes in eyeliner and they're making out with each other. That's they? the kind of film I want to watch. No, legitimately. Legitimately. This Those was, guys? I mean, no, not necessarily. But like generally, that was the kind of media. Oh, sure. It yeah, was, I'm it, not, yeah, it was mm. like, yeah. I'm guy, not trying guy, to guys in eyeliner gaslight you about <laughs> what your girlfriends in high school are into. I think it's really interesting. I, just, I, don't, I don't know if this... I didn't think that this particular films would appeal... I think it's really interesting, though, Dink, because when I first watched... on that level, anyway, on, on a base like, <laughs> yeah. oh, hot boy. I just think if you're going for, let's watch some hot boys do hot boy things. Mm. I, I wouldn't, God this line. wouldn't be Velvet my God go-to. Line because there's actual dicks in that. Velvet Goldmine, there's Oh, Velvet Goldmine. Yeah, Velvet Goldmine, not this one. Right, 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 right. I don't remember much of Velvet Goldmine, though, because I watched it, I was getting a bit drunk, but... Let's just... It's really interesting where you're currently at Dean because I feel like you are where I was where when, you I, were at when, you saw the when I watched version. this film for the first time when you watched the film yeah because I saw the did film did you see the film on the stage first film first okay. then a couple of years later the stage show mm-hmm. and then I haven't watched either until tonight yeah and I, I watched the film with uh, my my uh, good uni friend Adam uh, who sat me down and was like this is like a very important gay yeah. film very important queer film yeah. you and need to watch it I love it it's amazing and I, then, I, shout out that, to Adam thank you yeah and let me be clear um, for those at home um, I mean well sexuality is irrelevant but I don't belong to the LGBTQI plus community mm. um, so when I say when I say this I'm saying it as a straight white male let's yeah. be clear but I looked at that and I didn't know what that what point? And because my yeah. when I watched the trailer, I was like, okay, so this is a and I said this at the start that this is a uh, this is a person in drag who's obviously struggling with their uh, their gender identity, and then obviously watching it at me, I'm like, oh no, it's a it's a trans woman, mm. but then also it's not. So I think they're keeping it intentionally vague, mm. which I can respect, and it's clever to be like, no, no, we don't mm. have to put people in pigeonholes. But then they straight up <laughs> remove the person's genitals. And made it a major plot point, mm-hmm. mm. and there's so much more to that than they they did any. Thi- I don't. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because so like when I hear that it's like a quintessential 
It's one of those things, and keeping, you know, keeping in mind as well, like what was what was like big in cinema at this time. So, like the 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 musical came out in the nineties. It was an off Broadway um, production, and there's a lot of mention of stuff like you know um, Yitzhak is obsessed with getting into Rent and being in the musical Rent, which yes, obviously there was is a, a lot very, of Rent yeah, iconography. Yeah, and 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 Rent is this kind of very seminal kind of like queer mm. musical theater text as well. And there's that whole thing of but Rent was so much more than. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Rent's we shouldn't compare, but go on, please go on. Yeah. No. And I mean, but I mean, a big part of what made Rent so huge is the fact that its writer died tragically on the opening night, and everybody was like, mm. "Oh my god, this is dreadful. We have to go in." And it partially became popular because the dude died, mm. and everybody wanted to see like his magnum opus, like his final work. You know. But, so there was a little bit of that in it as well. On top of it was it, excellent. And on top yeah, of Rent that, is good. Um, with with obviously Jonathan Larson dying, yeah. um, which was tremendously tragic. Um, yeah. But also, Rent sort of came along at the right time to be, quote unquote, the big gay musical. End quote. Like yeah. it was, it was, it was. You know, obviously, musical theatre was got... tackling very specific issues, which weren't. Yeah, yeah and, and, and which were prominent, mid, but not being. It's sort of mid being... to late '90s, and so this is kind of off the back of Rent yeah. in terms of it's a similar sort of time period, like leading into that early 2000s. It's like very late '90s. Yeah. So and then the film. It was just made. seemed to me that other than, kind of becoming a vehicle for this tortured soul mm. and the, don't be wrong there is there is an absolutely a place for that in theater and the eye obviously i can imagine the audience you know you connect with this person who's going through so much mm. and 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 i, I can see where I think, it's I think it's very clear from. that it's a cabaret show and it's got a very like yeah and i think I, I, yeah i just don't see that it ever goes yeah. beyond that and i think cabaret like that's a good point because that's what it was. It was an off-Broadway show. It was a more cabaret-style sort of thing. From and that's what I like maybe why it doesn't translate as well to yeah. a movie. Because yeah. in a cabaret, you can't move through a series of events as much. Mm. But I think this works better as a film than a stage show. Have, having now seen both and having revisited this, yeah, this, I mean, the, I mean, the, the version that we saw was on a major Broadway stage, it was, so it was yeah. a bigger production. It, it was sort of removed from that original was, off-Broadway setting. Yeah, but what I found with the with the stage show was that it actually felt more cinematic to want to use a better term. If, if from my memory is that the it was story, like a rock concert. the story as it's mm. told mm. is a bit more chronological Yes, than in this. So it doesn't jump around. It jumps around less. Musicals do have more of a tendency though, to kind of be like, like here's the big number flashback and then build up. Yeah. More than movies tend to do. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But I, Watching this film again, it's the first time I've watched it, as I say, in, in 10 years or so. I think that the reason I didn't like it the first time I watched it is because I wasn't ready for the film <laughs> in terms of I wasn't seen it. Like my, my, my understanding of how stories are told cinematically, yeah. I don't think was, was as str- as strong enough yeah. to really comprehend this. And also, quite frankly, my understanding of non-heteronormative sexual identities... Mm was not that because I uh, like yourself I'm in the straight white mm. men club you know all the all, all of that business and I just had not been exposed to that many queer identities at that time in mm. my life and so this story is quite confronting um and I, I think and it's, it's not for you and also would, yeah, yeah it's really, not for me I don't think it's I, I don't think very, that's very unusual as a I white man I'm yeah. curious <laughs> though to put this film in front of the eyes of some trans friends hmm. and get their opinion. I, I also, I mean, again, I'm saying this from very much position of privilege, but I also think maybe it's because it's an older film, but there is also, I find, I take issue sometimes with like, what if this movie is about trans identity? It has to be about, isn't this all sad? Aren't we all tortured? This is all, mm. yeah. you know, because I think that that ultimately is a pigeonhole kind of thing that we need to move beyond, which is, mm. yes, it is very hard, but people exist beyond that. You know, mm. we don't, not every film about trans identity needs to be about how hard you, you can move mm. beyond, but that's a very separate point. And again, this film came out a while ago, so that's, I don't want to levy that. I, I think it's interesting that you talk about mindset. Mm. I had no idea what I was going into. Yeah. And I, as I'm sure you'll attest, I was cracking jokes uh, uh, in the intro, I'm sure it's going to be a bit of a whiplash. Uh, you know, having a bit of fun because I didn't know what was coming. Uh, and then very early on, it's heavily insinuated that the character was abused as a child. Mm. And I went, oh, yeah, this is okay. All right. And I had to, you know, you have to take a step back and go, all right, 
okay, mm. this isn't that kind of movie. It is very uplifting. Obviously, there's a lot of jokes and it's quite bombastic and mm. yeah, it is an energy-filled film, but it also is based on serious subject matter. And I, I definitely think, at least to some degree, my opinions now and my, and my interpretation of the film is, is reflecting that kind of whiplash of, oh, this is, wasn't what I expected. Mm. And mm. can I be perfectly honest? I completely forgot about the fact that Hedwig was abused by their father. Mm. I, that was when that happened in the film. I went, "Oh no, I have no memory of this from either the previous watching or and the all stage that, show." And all that stuff in Berlin, the stuff with um, their dad, and then with Luther and everything, is all framed as being so skeevy and yeah. gross. Oh, like yeah. the, the coloring and the everything—it's just so deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, mm. that's gross. Well, and again, it's because from from Hedwig's perspective, they they belonged to the West. They wanted to be in the West, and I I, I always loved. One of the things that I really liked about this story is that Hedwig or Hansel, as they were known as a, as a child, mm. Hansel's mother took them from the West to the East yeah. and brought them up in the East where everything was very oppressed and almost created this like pressure cooker. I mean, literally, because he stuck his head in the cooker to listen to music, but mm. created this like mm. pressure cooker situation where, you know, you had this child that was, that was interested He's... in all this Western culture and ended up being in this desperate situation or what they believed was a desperate situation in late 80s East Berlin going, the only way I'm going to get out of the wall is if I marry Luther and have an operation. There's, yeah. I mean, there's something there. It's So first of all, yeah. um, is this in any way autobiographical? No. Is this about a person who's completely... This is not about John Cameron Mitchell, no. No, John Cameron so Mitchell. There, who... there is, as you kind of described, there, there is obviously a metaphor there where you could argue that, you know... Uh, uh, the East Berlin is not it's not Berlin it's some country town in America mm. with a queer kid mm. who is unable to explore their identity yeah because that's where Hedwig ends up she ends up in Kansas I mean it, you know it, it's it's <laughs> obviously having a peak you know communist Berlin is a very much a very uh, uh, hyper, hyperbolic yeah version of it and then having to drastically change oneself to leave or, or escape yeah mm. to a new place but it's done forcibly which is i would argue problematic mm. in that their transition wasn't by choice yeah yeah it was it was, mean, it yeah. was yeah, not really it was they, they it was essentially this is a way out of this situation you've got this character in luther who is pretending it also wasn't that, presented as this is the way out it was no, two it, people going do it it was it was also presented as luther going we're gonna get married but baby if we're gonna get married you've got to do this it's like you know it, it's it, she's being controlled she's being manipulated and it, it creates this ultimate tragedy that luther leaves her and the berlin wall comes down so she so didn't then, have to go through that i worry about the messaging of, of a film which is about the trans experience depicting that transition as irreconcilable you know forced upon well i i don't think it's saying i i certainly don't think that hedwig and the angry inch is meant to be like ah oh, yes the film that represents what trans is like in all its different no no i get that concern but i do feel as though that it it is set up to be tragic because this particular character this this Hedwig character mm. who started off as a stage character and was developed based it was on like a drag persona wasn't it? It was a drag persona of yeah. Mitchell that was based on a character on a person he knew from his his life. Mm. Um, she was loosely based by a German female babysitter slash prostitute who worked for Mitchell's family when he was a teenager, and so he he developed this character. Originally, when when he wrote the show, Tommy was going to be the main character. And was based on Mitchell himself. Uh, and both were gay. Uh, the sons of army generals. Deep Roman Catholic. So, you know, basically Tommy is yeah. is, is Mitchell, the creator which is, which of the world. Yeah, which is you, you can... that reason why I... So, so Joe, and, Mitchell plays Hedwig, yeah. obviously, in the film. Mm. And, yeah. yeah. But you can see the intergenerational yeah. thing there. Of like, oh, yeah. It's yeah. like, hello, intergenerational but trauma. Let's as, go. as this show and is developed. And you can see that, mm. like, um, I've forgotten the, the name of the character. It becomes Yitzhak. Moses... Moses. Gnosis. Oh, uh, Tommy. Oh, Tommy. 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 Tommy you can see yeah. that Tommy in many ways is just Hedwig a generation before. Yeah. And and 
and that's the the interesting thing is that they developed the show to be about Tommy originally, and then they realised that the Hedwig character was the character that was who the show should be about. Yeah, mm. and so that's where it developed from, and it it does develop around you know these ideas of what is gender there's lots of questions about what is gender and what is love and questioning these fundamentals but they're being approached in a very 1990s way and i think that's why some of the the harsh turns or harsh things that happen in the film feel that way because 20 years on from this film being made when we are looking at films which deal with all the various complications of gender and sexuality I think we tell those stories more sensitively generally. Uh, and also, I think that we have... Maybe we just know more. We, 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 yeah, well, or at least we give more voice to those who know more. Yes, that's a really fantastic way of putting it. And I think that, um, yeah, I, I think this is such an interesting film to sort of look back on and go, yeah, I, I think it was quite important. But at the same time, I don't know that it's actually that good it a film. It feels half-formed. Yeah. Mm. Which almost is all, all which is perfect and for it's, what it's, this film's it's, about. It's, uh, to yeah. its credit, it is interesting because the more we discuss it, the more I'm like finding the metaphors and seeing the layering of it. Mm. There's a there's there's a lot to it. I think it's a, I, I, yeah. it's a oh, really interesting. A it's a really really interesting film, and I think you that could write is essays what, upon essays. Oh, absolutely! Like I think yeah. That and I that is where I think there's a few moments. Definitely, the filmmaking and some of its choices that I think, I think what probably pushed me over the line of self indulgence. Some of the choices where it's just like, like the end, it's just like, oh, now they're naked walking down an alley. Mm. What? What? Well, what, what do you that? think it means? But that's not an answer. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't. I, I know this is my particular taste. I'm not a huge fan of it when you ask the artist what they meant by that. They go, "What did you think it what meant?" What do you think? And you go, "No, no, you made a choice." Why did you make that choice? Mm. If it was for no reason at all, that's still an option. Yeah. Or if it was to make to off be off putting us or to 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 make you ask yourself, mm. that's still a choice. Yeah. Okay. Well, well. But assuming that the but, entire but, last like three songs just felt like mm. I, I'm convinced Excru- they Excru- they died Excru- in the car accident, right? <laughs> you, you think they had to? I think that's I think that's a great theory. I've never I've never they died in the because immediately within within seconds mm. they've achieved all their dreams. The bad guys got their come up. Well, the bad guy and, in quotes. And, and the big, the big angry, jumpy, kicky, bubble wrap dress song is called "Exquisite Corpse." They, you know, so. and it's like they're all dressed in black. And then immediately after that, it's the the two people who were in the car, yeah, in darkness, saying goodbye to one another, red and blue. And then the closing song. Mm. I mean, yeah, which is Midnight Radio, which is then evoking all of the. There was because there was no Head real story other, other than a, like a couple of headlines. In my mind, that's like, oh, they died, and this is like kind of, uh, uh, you know, Hedwig's final moments or ascension or what have you. Well, maybe maybe that's what Mitchell meant then. Maybe you've cracked it. <laughs> oh, the, the nakedness walking down the alley. Yeah, that was them walking into the something, light, into the, the next life, or into mm-hmm. the alley, or I don't. We've had two musicals that have been very, very like Bible allegory heavy in two weeks yeah there was a lot I really, more I really adam feel and eve like chat I... in this than i remember yeah oh no no there's there's a yeah, lot of oh, there's yeah, a lot of lot. religious symbolism and religious like stuff mm. in this yeah yeah it's it, it's interesting because to, to, to sort of pull back from um like the, the issues that we've discussed and just mm. looking at it as a piece of entertainment i, I think it's it's fine. There's some, there's I, I there's think some it's, banger songs in it. I, I, I do it, like the I do like the soundtrack. It's better than I remember. I think it's decent, but it's not. I, mean, outstanding. I think if it was more, a little some of the more, songs are better than the others. I, see, I wonder though. I mean, it's hard to tell on first watching, oh, first yeah, listening yeah, 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 whether yeah. they're not very. Yeah. they're not very narrative led songs. They're not like like I think about some of the yeah. songs that I know in my mind from musicals because I've heard them many times, and it's the nature of music. So I couldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I couldn't comment on the music, but it was all fairly competent, if not very similar in genre. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a rock, again, it's so, a rock, so, it's, yeah, it's yeah, a rock yeah, musical. That's, that's kind yeah, of the point. Yeah, that's absolutely the way. Yeah, it should I, be. I, I, yeah, I, I really enjoy this soundtrack or elements of it. There's a couple of songs like I'm not super big on Exquisite Corpse because it's just a lot of shouting. Um, I've got to be in the right mood for that kind of a song. Um, but like Origin of Love, I love that song. I love that. It's very good. It's a very good song. It's a very interesting idea too. I thought the visuals really enhanced it. Yeah, no, I, I like the way that they use animation in this as well, and I'm pretty sure they had animations in the um, stage production that we saw as well because they mm. had like projections and stuff. 
Um, So I think that's a really interesting way of telling those kind of extra bits and pieces. Mm. I really enjoyed the bar fight. I forgot the, about the bar fight. Oh, the bit well. where she leaps off the table. Yeah, and, and then what was out that the window? <laughs> because then she that was another moment of like, doctor. why do we do that? What does that mean? Because she landed back in 1989. That was her going back to that memory. Oh, she travelled through time, did she? Yeah. yeah, and she landed back in the chair with a thump. She, did you not see her thump down in the chair? Yeah. Oh, so literally in Le- the canon of the film, yeah. you're saying the character in that bar fight moment went, time to go back in time. Yeah, As she was jumping. Oh, so you're saying it's a metaphor. Yeah. It's a filmmaking choice. Okay, in that case, why? <laughs> because we needed to see... What did that mean? Other than we need a cool way for them to go back in time. I... Because... Uh, it's, is... it's okay. It's not a bad choice. It's just self-indulgent. Yeah. It's, I think this is a very self-indulgent It's extremely film, self-indulgent. I think, yeah. I think that's the entire I don't think there's it. a problem with it. I think it. I've it's just seen one too many uh, uh, avant-garde pieces of theatre that mm. fancy themselves as transcendent in my past when they're, they're really more just self-indulgent. I think I've seen one too many of them and maybe that's affecting my... <laughs> Which is <laughs> interpretation here. But I think... I think I maybe mean, I'm jaded. This This is self-indulgent, but I think it's... Well-made self-indulgence. I mean, it's not inherently bad. Self-indulgent isn't inherently a bad thing. Mm. It's a character study. Although there are better ways to study a character. I, mm. I don't know what I think. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. What did you think? But about- maybe that was the point, Stephen. Maybe, yeah. maybe that was the point, Ellen. Maybe it just wanted to make me go, to make you hmm. think. <laughs> what about Yitzhak? The character of Yitzhak. We haven't really talked about them yet. Which one was... Uh, was that the woman playing a man? Yes. Who we also might be a yeah Yitzhak again was... why Yitzhak, Yitzhak wants to be in Rent and Yitzhak uh, no I, I absolutely wants to be, wants why to was Yitzhak and... played by a woman why or not? were they not played well, by a woman they did the same thing in the in the um, recent Broadway production as well same thing so I think that's a very What's... deliberate casting choice is I'm not sure what it Yitzhak means is but later revealed there. to be at least in some way trans. I mean, but that's never explicitly said, but it doesn't have to be explicitly said for it to be the case. Mm-hmm. So is the is idea that... it's a man, it's it's a woman playing mm. a man who internally is in fact a woman. And the yeah. reason they've cast a woman to play the male character is to, so that the audience inherently goes, that is not a man, mm. even though they're outwardly presenting as a man. So mm. that when they do realize, you know, their true self, the audience goes, well, of course, if that was the case. That'd be a good reason to do it. Don't know if that was the case. <laughs> I think it's interesting as well to look at like the casting, for instance. So like when we went and saw it on Broadway, like Neil Patrick Harris um, played Hedwig in the, in the revival that we saw. We didn't see um, played Hedwig. Him okay. in it. Played Hedwig, yeah. Um, and the la- the lady who played Yitzhak was amazing. Um, but mm. Neil Patrick Harris obviously is a is a gay man. Mm. Um, Michael C. Hall, I'm not sure where he lands on the spectrum. I believe that he's. I, I don't I, know. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not friends with him. Factor. I don't know. I, 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 well, he's, been, he's, he's been married to a woman previously, but you know, that mm. doesn't necessarily mean it's all spectrum. anything. Mm. Um, but there was an instance uh, recently where there was a production in Australia that they were trying to put forward. And what happened was that basically people got really mad about it because they were like, okay, but you have some like, mm. for all intents and purposes, an actor who you have cast to play Hedvig, who is cishat and we are not going to stand for it. And what ended up happening was that actor then actually came out and said, I'm actually queer. Like, I'm actually mm. gay. So, you know. It's none of your business, but. Yeah, but but they actually like came mm. out. Like, sort of. Gosh. Yeah, and it was this big. It's another, it's an, one, of, it's another one of those interesting so, points. Yeah, this is a really interesting, I think, text. Mm. Because it's 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 been done across multiple things. And I think it's becoming more and more to the point now where people are looking at it and they're like, this is, I don't know if this is, is this good or bad representation? Is this, I'm not sure where this would, falls on a spectrum. I don't think like, it's, it's really either. interesting. I, I don't no. think it's necessary. I, it, there's obviously problematic traits and everything. It's not, yeah. If you, when you, when you go looking there for things, no you're going to find things. And also, you know, the, mm. the reality is that the queer experience is vastly myriad yeah. and complicated mm. and beautiful and terrible and, there's no, there's no film that's ever going to encapsulate mm. something so vast, complex. Yeah, I also think, uh, in terms of whether something is good representation or not, um, we don't get to decide that. No, no exactly, oh, absolutely, yeah. uh, because we are, you know, all pretty straight shooters in we here. We are I guess, outsiders, is how we'd phrase it. So Yitzhak as a character um, is 
biologically male, but the role is always played by a woman, with each woman playing the character putting their own individual spin on what discovering true gender identity means to them. Okay, so it is... Uh, yeah, it's a specific... Yeah, Because Yitzhak, you know, right, plays with, with the wigs, play, and, like, you know... And this, I think it's also... Mm. Could we could we say that this film is magic realism? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, I would... Yep. In that sense, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I can see the choice. It's like Midwest magic realism. Mm. Yeah. It's... Um, it is it's heightened. A, it's not meant to oh, be reality. It, no, it's definitely not. It's definitely not. It's, it's very... It's meant to be almost, like a, almost like a fever of, dream. Innocent. Yeah, and like the mixture of like the animation and the live action and the way they do Like, mm. yeah, absolutely. I think it's magic realism. And mm. the, the time jumps and the... Definitely unreliable narrator. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Which would explain a lot of... The discrepancies. Not just the flashbacks, but even in the moment, we're still hearing a voiceover. Mm. Which would explain... Uh, so I've just, See, I'm finding layers. It's yeah. I, so I've just done. Who a knows? It's maybe a, it's a very, maybe, it's maybe, a very interesting film. Maybe like in in a week or so, I'm gonna have to post a comment on this podcast saying I have since completely changed my opinion. Mm. I don't know, and maybe that's to its credit mm. that I'm. <laughs> I don't know. It's I don't know. I don't know. Mm. It's interesting. Uh, I've just been going through the the notes for the upcoming trivia section, mm. and there was uh, a, a note that I've got here, which is uh, about John Cameron Mitchell um, discussing uh, Hedwig as trans representation. Yeah. Um, so Mitchell has explained that Hedwig is not a trans woman, but a gender queer character. Okay. Quote: She's more than a woman or a man. She's a gender yes. of one, and that is accidentally so beautiful end quote he also stated that while hedwig is meant to be a queer voice she is not meant to be specifically transgender because quote the sex change operation is not a choice hedwig doesn't speak for any trans community because she was to use his words mutilated end quote yes good. yeah so Fantastic. He, he, like excellently well put by the mm. the who, who was it that was the writer John, John and Mitchell. the actor yes yeah yeah, and I think they did. I mean, I think they did throughout mm. the film. They, it, it, you know, when we were like, "Is it a trans woman?" Uh, or, mm. or you know, we we all kind of came to the conclusion of somewhere in between. It's not. There's no. You can't pigeonhole this character no. in terms of their gender identity, and it sounds like that was absolutely the case. So yeah, good, excellent. Would you guys like some more trivia about sure. Hedwig Let's and the Angry Inch? No. Ah, okay. What, in one's the podcast. Enough. One's enough. Let's watch the Batman! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, here comes that trivia. Uh, all of it is sourced from IMDb, so if it's not true, don't blame me. Uh, before it was a film and a musical at the Jane Street Theatre, John Cameron Mitchell and Stephen Trask created the character Hedwig. Uh, Mitchell donned drag for the first time speaking in character and telling Hedwig's story between songs written and played by Trask. This was the first drag performance act that had a storyline live singing and a live band with original material on uh, the sort of off-Broadway West End thing. So it, it, whilst obviously big drag shows have existed for however long there have been shows this specific sort of format of drag show mm. is believed to be the first of its kind okay uh, which is partly why it was should probably explain its popularity then. yeah um stephen trask who wrote the songs and score for the film is also uh, the singing voice of tommy so that's not mm. michael pitt who plays tommy who does the singing that okay. is actually the um trask who's one of the band members he's one of the angry inches in the, oh, okay. in the band uh, the car wash gag in the Sugar Daddy number was a choreographic artifact from the original show. So uh, for those listening at home, that is where Hedwig has wearing the uh, skirt with the tassels on it. Fringing, and yeah. The fringing and rubs it on the face uh, of an old man by squatting down over his face. Mm. Um, going, car wash, I think I said to you guys at the time... I was like seconds oh, that's away. Assault. I was a seconds away from going. Well, that's assault. Until they went, it's a car wash, and I went, I instantly forgive you. Good joke. Like uh, during, that's terrible. During the show's original run, there was a designated car wash chair, and celebrity audience members would be placed there. Okay, good choice. In the 2014 Tony Awards, Neil Patrick Harris reenacted the car wash with Orlando Bloom in the chair. Good, and Amazing. I'm sure. These people were aware and mm. willing participants. Yes. Good. All right. Good. That's that's just good consent work with mm. your audience. Good. Good work. 
The footage of Hedwig on the Rosie O'Donnell show was shot when Hedwig and the Angry Inch was an off-Broadway musical when they were promoting the show. So right. they didn't they didn't shoot that scene specifically. Right, they, didn't they just it, yeah. stole it. They took it from <laughs> something they'd done previously. Smart. So when Rosie O'Donnell is holding up the Hedwig CD, it's a copy of the original off-Broadway cast recording. Amazing. Yeah. Just good use of the media that you've got. Yeah, smart. John Cameron Mitchell was required to wear so much makeup for such long periods of time that after his daily lunch break, he'd go to his trailer, shave off his growing five o'clock shadow through the makeup, oh. and then go and have his makeup touched up to return to shooting. God, your skin would be... Mm. It's a lot of makeup, and, and, and then it would have been like Max Factor, like pancake and stuff. I heard recently, and who knows whether it's true, I heard recently that um, Jim Carrey... Had to undergo torture resistance training to be in the to Grinch, be the Grinch makeup. Yeah, because it would take like eight hours to be done, and they had to just sit there and do nothing. So they had to literally study mental fortitude. Mm. Yeah, don't. That's no. <laughs> it's not worth it. Just not do. That's why we have CGI. Yeah, that's nah, where you was, do the. CGI. It was in that awkward early two thousands period though, where the CGI wasn't good enough, and Mike Myers and Jim Carrey were willing to go through that. So, uh, Maggie Moore, who in this film plays the woman singing I Will Always Love You, <laughs> played the role of Yitzhak in the stage version after oh. Miriam Shaw left the role. So that's Cheeky a little cameo. Yeah, another little Yitzhak just getting in there. Yeah. Uh, Mike Potter, who did Hedwig's hair and makeup for the stage production and the movie, can be seen in drag in the scene where Tommy picks up Hedwig off the street as the second call girl. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, his drag name for that role was Renata Options Options. unlike most musical films the film's musical segments are only partly filmed on playback john cameron mitchell didn't want to have to lip sync the lines in the music so the band playing was recorded in studio played back on set and he sang live his vocals were recorded and then mixed later on with the band uh, recording making it sound like they too were performing live However, on the soundtrack, the vocals were mixed to sound as if they were recorded in the studio as opposed to on set. Mm. Right. So it okay. sounds very different when you listen to the movie soundtrack mm. as a soundtrack as opposed to in the film. Sounded good. I mean, I, I don't think... I didn't see any issues. It wasn't like a Les Mis situation. What was the Les Mis situation? Uh, they, they, they recorded all the songs live oh, as yes. they shot them. That's and right. um, in some ways it elevated it, but in many other ways it did not elevate mm. uh, the performances, sadly. Mm. Yeah, mm. We talk about Russell Crowe, aren't we? No, Russell Crowe. I mean, now we're getting on a serious episode. I thought Russell Crowe was like very not Javert for me, uh, but was passable. <laughs> it was there was moments where like, and I think it was it was honestly um, bloody Jackman, mm. uh, Hugh Jackman. There was just songs that I absolutely love. I, as I said at the top of this thing, Lay Miz is my favorite, and my favorite soundtrack for it is the the. A concert recording yes which is all like the the original kind of best of the best cast with an amazing amazing recorded still live anyway he just couldn't hit when certain songs came on that i was like this is my favorite and then he's too engrossed in the characterization to sing the song in the way that my brain says it's supposed to be sung mm. um i respect that they went for it mm. look it up there's an there's actually a documentary or a short um, behind the scenes of why they did it and how they did it and mm. they had like hidden secret um, headphones in and uh, yeah it's really interesting that they went for it mm. but probably needed a pass you know like maybe yeah. a little bit of ADR mm. but can I have another fact? I'll go for it <laughs> No from you Oh just one more? Yeah Okay I have one more fact Oh good And it is this the offbeat fragrance company Demeter released a limited edition Hedwig perfume in 2001. Its scent has been described as having notes of powdery cosmetics, motel room, stale air, cigarettes, bathroom air freshener, alcohol, and reminiscent of how your clothes would smell after a long night out. So the most dreadful smell in the world. Mm. Sounds like a publicity stunt. Mm. Uh, it, it very much was. Mm. Um, and what could be more self-indulgent than your film having its own terrible fragrance? <laughs> I mean, every, people are doing it, you know? Absolutely. That's just cashing in. So, all that remains is for us to score oh, no. the film. <laughs> <laughs> no! Your favourite part, Dean. Oh, I don't, I'm normally already against this part. No, well, even Dean, more so. <laughs> uh, it was your first time watching Hedwig and the Angry Don't come, no, go somewhere else. 
<laughs> so I'm going to ask Dr. Ellen to score it first, just to be nice. Ellen, what score would you give this film out of 10? Oh, look, it's I, I, I really like Hedwig. Um, I think it's great fun. There's a few songs that I don't really vibe with. I think the, the general aesthetic is very fun. Um, I think it's a really interesting film. Don't think it's a perfect film. Mm. No. Um, I'm going to give it eight wigs in a box on the shelf. Very good. Out I mean, of 10. she had at least eight wigs. We at least, determined in definitely this film. More than eight wigs. Yeah. What was that that motel scene where was, <laughs> that's some serial killer stuff right there? Yeah. If you see a motel room with hundreds of wigs everywhere, run. I like mm. how the motel rooms, like the hotel rooms, just get consistently Small, smaller yeah. and smaller until and smaller. Until eventually, like the pizza guy is yeah. the entire background in the Manhattan. And one. it was the police officer, man. <laughs> like that's how you know they're like. It's that's magic. how you know they're in New York. That's how you know it's a metaphor more than an actual. Yeah. You know, Okay, Dean. We've bought, I don't. We've bought you some time. What would you give it out of ten? How, um, how do you feel? I don't, look. I want to start by saying, and 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 anyone who's listened to me on this podcast knows that I think scoring films isn't fair, and scoring anything really is always mm. arbitrary. But now you've actually won an award. Surely you think it's good. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's there's, but again that that award. I mean, I guess it was a scored award. Um, <laughs> But you don't know what the score was, so that makes you feel better. I know it was the best one. The, and that's all that matters. <laughs> um, out of ten, mm. uh, six and a half. Six and a half. It wasn't bad. I don't think it was... I don't understand the context as much as I should, so I can't explain that. You know, like when I say like it's not, I didn't think it was particularly good. It could have been, as it sounds like, it was revolutionary in in certain ways. Mm. What it was, it sounds like the creator has their heads screwed on a lot more mm. than perhaps I gave them credit for. Like th- this is the thing I hear that like that statement makes me think, okay, this person's clever. Yeah. Which I think if I'd had more, you know, if I'd known a bit more ahead of time, I might have given more credit to certain choices, or, rather than just like be as dismissive as I might have been. But also, I mean, it's very much part of the the way that we do this program is the person who's in your role knows nothing comes into it knowing usually very little. Mm. And that's partly why we like doing this process. Yeah, I mean, context is important. Yeah, it allows us to sort of learn these things. And also to know that if you're a first-time viewer of a film and you have a reaction that isn't immediately the reaction that you then have after a bit of consideration. Mm. That's okay. Because I was very much in a similar position to you when I first watched this film going... What did I What did I give the Spice World movie? Do you remember? I don't remember off the top of my head. Like four or something. It might have been less. Uh, I, no, low. I gave it a good score. He gave it a good score. I gave it a so, good score. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so six and a half, you reckon? I'm going to say six and a half, but I also say that with an asterisk that is things should not be... Dulled down to a base score of ten out of ten. Excellent. Well, I'll make it. But note. I respect the format. Thank you. I'll make. I, I'll make a note and put it in my spreadsheet. Um, I would. I would like to rate your decision to have to boil it down to a score at the end of your podcast. Yeah. Out of ten. Yeah. Zero. Wow. Okay. Well, yep. that's your right. Specifically, your decision to force a number at the end of the podcast. Everything else about it, ten out of ten. But that, unacceptable to me. Well, nobody's perfect. Uh, for me, um, <laughs> I, I, I really did find myself liking this film more than the previous time I watched it. And again, I think it's because 10 years on, I'm 10 years How much wiser. more do you know about it than you did then? Was it just a rewatch or do you have a lot more context about it? I think I just have more life context. And because mm. like the stage, having seen the stage show, I really thought more of that would be in my memory, but there's basically nothing. It's no, just... but you didn't like it. So I feel like you've just like suppressed it. But I think it's because I was really tired and it was the third yeah. show in a day because all i remember mm. is noise 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 michael c hall without a shirt on noise 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 that's it and yet uh, zach was oh, very yeah. pretty at the end yeah mm. so, no no i don't even remember that i do yeah so it's <laughs> so, great outfit many sparkles but but coming but like coming to this having not seen the film for a few years i i i'm i'm i think i'm a better audience member now than i was when i watched it in my early 20s and it's it's a fine film but it's nothing more than that. Uh, but also, I don't have the the emotional connection. As you said before, Ellen, this mm. film is not made for people like me. Mm. And that's totally fine. And sometimes I like the films that aren't made for people like me, and sometimes I don't. And this one's pretty much squarely in the middle. It's it's very finely made. I like the songs a bit more this time. 
uh, going back to the, you know, the, I put on my makeup. That's uh, a banger. Wig that, in a box is great. Yeah, wig in a box is great. Um, I also really loved how supportive the band were of Hedwig. I didn't pick up on that previously, but like yeah, when they okay. come to her in her trailer park after Luther has left her and they bring her the Farrah Fawcett wig and they kick down the wall and they start performing their number. I, I love that. So I'm going to give... just standing in the door. Yeah. It's open. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. So I, I'm going to give this film uh, six portable drum kits out of 10. Uh, it was, it was just lovely. And I loved that tiny portable drum kit the drummer had. Yeah, it was... So you're going to score it lower than I did? Yeah. He's allowed. Right. I, I, it, for me, it feels like a six out of 10 film on my mm. own flawed personal index of films <laughs> so uh but as you say the scores that don't really matter They're when we shouldn't arbitrary. be doing no. this and they are subjective yeah, they are indeed mm. subjective uh so dean mm. alan mm. thank you so much for joining me and watching hedwig and the angry inch thanks Stephen. i feel like I, i'm gonna keep thinking about this film you're so welcome I... <laughs> yeah it's a good thinky film mm. First... it's more about like that i'm forcing myself to be like is it good or is it not good? I don't know. Or is know. it, where does it lie between? And is it okay? Uh, yeah, now we're getting, you know, is it okay for something to not be, uh, uh, like you, you talk about how like it's not for you, who is it for? But then I, I would argue that the structure of the film beyond that, it's not a film for people who want to watch a film. Yeah. Mm. Like, it's an ex- <laughs> it's a thought experiment. It's yeah. like uh, something to be analyzed and deconstructed. And like, like I think, like when you were like, I watched that in high school. I'm like, I could have written the best <laughs> essay. I would have got an A plus on an essay about this film. I could have talked about this frame and that frame. And yeah. And again, yeah, I think it would be a really good one to analyze for like a high school hundred percent thing. Yeah. Like absolutely, or a university type level mm. thing. I think you could you could absolutely do that. But we just watched it, watched it recreationally. Mm. The great thing, I will say, Dean, mm. is that as you have these thoughts, we actually have things that you can do to help share those thoughts. So you can go to our Facebook page. No. And you can search for the no. Cinema Catch-Up Club. No. And you can just leave any thoughts possible. you have. Yeah, no, it's right there. No. The internet's on no. all the time. No! <laughs> Run! Not just you, anyone. I don't know if that's good advice. <laughs> the internet's always there if you want to share your thoughts. I don't know if that's that's good advice. Uh, you know, maybe be selective with thoughts that you share. But if All you right. want to share your thoughts on this film specifically... I do have one final thought. Oh, yes. Do you guys want to watch The Batman? <laughs> uh, maybe. We do have a rehearsal tomorrow. Yeah. We probably shouldn't stay up watching Batman. No, let's watch it right now. Okay, we Let's will. do double catch-up club. Let's literally compare and contrast the Batman against Henry it's, it's got a lot. I don't think it's a good idea. Uh, it's, got, it's got a lot of men wearing eyeliner. That's all I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are also available to be found on Patreon. You can uh, search for us uh, Go by going to patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get bonus features and goodies there. And of course, you can subscribe. Uh, this and 260-odd other episodes can be found on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast from. Just search for The Cinema Catch-Up Club there, and new episodes will drop each and every week. But that is all for this week, so until next time, I put on some makeup. I dreamed a dream in time gone <laughs> oh, by. Oh, there's a mashup. <laughs> You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.